Welcome to the Conscious Classroom Podcast, where we are exploring tools and perspectives that support educators, social workers, and parents to create a more conscious, supportive, and enriching learning environment for teens. I'm your host, Amy Edelstein, and I'll be sharing transformative perspectives and easy-to-implement classroom supports that are drawn from mindful awareness and systems thinking. The solutions that I'll offer can improve your effectiveness, vitality, and perhaps most importantly, your own joy and fulfillment in your work. I'll be sharing with you the best tools and insights from my 35 years experience with meditation and critical thinking. And I'll also open your minds and hearts to questions that are relevant to us as educators in this culture that we share. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome. I'm really happy that you were able to come and that we're able to have this session today. There's certainly a lot of need for self-care and stress reduction. We've never confronted a time like we have now, culturally or individually. So we're being called on to care for those that we're responsible for through uh, our schools, our workplaces. We're trying to provide for students and youth that we can't reach. And it's confronting and challenging. This session, we're going to use, we're going to work with some tools immediately that will be able to provide you with some stress reduction, some ways to contextualize your experience. And I want to talk a little bit at the beginning, really just about the point that we're at so that we can understand the ways that we're absorbing stress from within and from without. So ways that, that we'll be able to recontextualize our experience. And that's going to help us as we navigate this moment in time. We're really looking at a time where there was life before and life after. Years from now, we're going to look back and we're going to remember ways that we interacted and ways that we lived before the coronavirus emerged. And that's going to be a shock for us. I'm sure we all remember pre 9-11 and what flying was like and what airports were like and what security was like. 9-11 created a life before and a life after. We're in the middle of a shift that is even more profound than that. That kind of cultural instability creates a tremendous amount of uncertainty and that uncertainty includes everything from not knowing how this is all gonna unfold, how bad it's gonna get, whether we are currently healthy or a carrier without symptoms and not knowing, how are we impacting those around us? When will this end? We as human creatures like stability. So we like to know what our trajectory is. We like solid ground under our feet. We like to be able to touch and control 
that which is around us. And that desire for security has enabled the human family to thrive over millennia. So we're in a time that challenges us, that desire of human beings for stability in quite profound ways. But we can work with that. And as educators, we can begin to understand um, how to work with uncertainty and instability in a way that will give us perspective that provides for inner stability. And that stability is going to help us navigate this time and it's going to help us help those who depend on us. All of the young people who are in the school system, under our care, in youth programs, who, are, who don't have the kind of ability to contextualize in the way that we do. So we're really able as adults and mentors and teachers in this time to support youth in quite an unusual way. So a couple of ways that we're going to talk about and we're going to practice, we are going to practice some contextualizing thought exercises and we're also going to practice some mindfulness to really let us get some space from the surroundings right now so that we're able to better manage the environment that we're in. What mindfulness helps us do is it helps us pay attention in a way where we can choose where we're going to focus. So we can't, we don't have control over the thoughts that arise and pass away across the screen of our awareness. The mind is a machine and it's constantly churning and it's going to churn mundane thoughts. It's going to churn arbitrary memories. It's going to churn our fears and aspirations. It's also going to churn all kinds of incoming that we pick up from the environment around us. What the practices of mindful contemplation let us do is it allows us to choose to pay attention to certain thoughts or to let go of thoughts that are unwholesome, unhelpful. Now, those thoughts may still arise, but we don't have to allow them to consume our attention. And that, that's extraordinarily helpful at this moment in time. When we're able to navigate what passes across the screen of our attention, what happens is we start experiencing the profundity of human choice. And when we can choose what we pay attention to, when we choose to create some space from those repetitive thoughts that are no longer helpful and are creating stress, we also start to experience that we're exercising the human capacity for choice, that muscle to discriminate and to choose. And when we start feeling our capacity to choose, we start experiencing less helplessness, more fortitude, more possibility. There are many things that we're not in control of in this time, but we are in control of how we relate to ourselves and to others around us. We're often in control of small things, and those small things can be extraordinarily helpful. 
relationship is so important in times of crisis. Our panic instincts will cause us to want to withdraw, to batten down the hatches and wait for uh, the sound of safety. Now, we, we definitely do need to stay put and stay in our own homes with those in our immediate circle and to be safe. But we don't need to inwardly close off from care and from connection. So allowing ourselves to access choice means that when we have that desire to wall off and to close off to connection, we can choose not to pay attention to it. We can choose to allow ourselves to remain available and to connect. And that is going to help us. It's going to help our families. It's definitely going to help the students that we work with during this time. If you've never practiced any mindful awareness before and you find that any of the exercises that we're going to do today create some sense of stress or anxiety or tension, just stop. Sometimes these tools are not the right thing at the right time. So don't worry about that. Uh, we're, there are many different avenues for stress reduction. There are many different avenues for mindful contemplation. And there are many different avenues for contextualization. So if one of these particular tools doesn't work for you, that's okay. Um, just allow yourself to stop the exercise, to make some notes, to think about other things. Be easy with yourself. The way that I work with high school students is the same way that I work with adults, is that we always want to be easy with ourselves. We want to allow ourselves to be feel that sense of support and guidance and affection for ourselves. We're learning now as a human family because of the crisis that this infection presents to us. We're learning how to let go. We're learning how to let go of fear and desire. We're learning how to let go of needs that we once thought might have been essential, which are proving now to be uh, not the most important thing. In that process of learning how to let go, we also need to be patient with ourselves. So I know that the teachers that I work with are finding it really difficult now, not knowing how to navigate their way forward, wanting to be able to teach. And until we find ways to provide education equitably, uh, digitally, we're a little bit at a standstill. How do you reach your students? How do you know if they're okay? We, can't, we can apply certain types of pressure, but, but there's some things that we aren't going to be able to move individually, and we will have to wait. So we have to learn how to keep finding ways that we can make a difference. And maybe that's not in the big ways that you'd like to, in the ways that you'd like to push larger initiatives, but there might, that might be in ways that you can reach out to your students directly or through 
a note in a packet that you send out with breakfast and lunch, or, you know, by continually posting optional activities and good wishes on Google Classroom for those who can access. And reminding your neighbors to take more precautions than you might be seeing them. Uh, I find myself having to do that for the sake of all of us. Thank you for listening to The Conscious Classroom. I'm your host, Amy Edelstein. Please check out the show notes on innerstrengthfoundation.net for links and more information. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend and pass the love on. See you next time.